0: Welcome back to Pod by the Bay from the Bay Area Examiner. I'm Seth Varnador. Joining me this week is Anthony Vito and Nick Simon of DraftKings Network. No Stieg, no Nathan Bond. We get to run wild this week, and uh, but we've got some good stuff to talk about. Actually, we're not. We don't have to just kind of fill air here. We've got um, we've got a schedule, or at least we've got parts of a schedule. I'll go ahead and throw it up on the screen here for USF football for next season. And we'll discuss what we think. Obviously we're going to get everybody's win and loss prediction right now for the next season before we hit the portal, but (laughs) here's your schedule for 2024. Um, I think you have Bethune, Cookman, Miami, Tulsa, Memphis, UAB and Navy at home, Alabama, Southern Miss, Rice, Tulane, FAU and Charlotte on the road. First blush video, what what were your thoughts kind of first when you first saw this?
1: Well, I mean, you get Alabama and Miami on the schedule and that, (laughs) I mean, that alone is, is nuts to be able to get those and you get Miami at home. They did the same thing last year. I don't know how Michael Kelly did this, but you got last year at Alabama at home first. So you get the first game at Ray J doing the same thing with Miami. And then you sandwich those with Southern Miss, which is a team that USF really hasn't played with in a very long time, but does have weird bad blood with um, the uh, the mustard buzzards, as we called them. The, it, what an interesting out of conference slate that is those first four weeks. And also just again, a pro like looking at the schedule, you could be marketedly improved and go into conference play two and two, maybe even less. <laughs> and still look really really good doing it. I mean, it's 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 a pretty pretty wild out of conference get slate the last couple of years and then going into the future. Nick, what were your kind
0: of first thoughts when you saw this?
2: I'm um, just looking at the schedule. This is I mean, if you're if you're talking about this team going back to like putting together another bowl season and taking a step forward, this is definitely a schedule you can do that because I think and I guess we'll get into some of the recruiting later. I think with what uh, Galesh and the staff is bringing in, the talent pool on this uh, roster is going to be up. Is going to be upgraded for next year, and so definitely like a bowl game is definitely getting back to a bowl game. Definitely, it's just how a lot of these young players and these new pieces gel together um, will determine whether or not this. If it's more than a bowl team, could this team be in the conference title race by the end of the season? We'll see, but definitely a manageable schedule, you know, just looking at it.
0: Yeah. My first thought was this should be, you should be able to get to a bowl game. Now it's hard to say for sure because of how much movement happens now in college football, but first blush, this screams bowl game to me. Uh, Especially after this year, you know, my worry was that you'd have a good first year um, as the defensive performance being what it was, you lose a lot of those guys, or you have the potential to lose a decent amount of those guys. Um, I don't know if that will hurt you or not, but you're know, but you, you going to have to replace some guys, I think, that played a decent bit for you this year. So I was kind of worried about the schedule, And but there's really nobody on here that you're like, in, in conference at least, that you feel like you're going to be totally outclassed by. Tulane's obviously the classic conference, but there'll be a brand-new coaching staff. Uh new quarterback. Um, you know, so where will they be? Memphis. Uh they might be one that's pretty good if they return everybody. I think they do return a decent bit. At least they return the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But and then the other thing, you don't get the we thought that maybe there'd be a just straight swap for SMU and Army, and you'd have to get you'd get double uh you know uh academies, but you don't. So that's another win right there. You don't have to play Army and Navy in the same season. Uh, looking. Oh, you go Nick.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say real quick, like it's interesting because again, you're still dealing with a lot, like with this particular conference, you're still uh dealing with a situation where half of these teams are still in transition. You know, some have made coaching hires, like obviously Tulane starting over with John Summerall. but you have other programs like in a similar position as of USF, like FAU, Charlotte, uh UAB, who are going to be on second year head coaches who are still looking to take a step forward. And we have no idea what any of these teams are still going to look like next year. So definitely interesting.
0: And I think, you know, just kind of watching once the transfer portal kind of came, became a really big part of college football the last couple of years. You know, I don't, I don't know if like you get the same year two bump you used to get, unless you won in year one, like, you know, Charlotte, They might have a year two bump, but they're also like turning over their roster again. They've got a ton of new guys coming in. It's not like, I think USF will mostly, I think you'll see a year two bump, especially on offense, because you're probably going to keep a lot of the same guys, but some of these teams are turning guys over, even though it's, even though they'll be year two of the coaching staff, they're still going to be turning over a lot of their roster. So you're starting to see that. I think more and more, you don't really get the year two bump unless you win early and keep those guys. Otherwise they leave and you got to bring in new guys and you're, you're almost in a perpetual year one until you start winning. So lucky for USF, they won this year, made a bowl game, Uh, but we'll see kind of who comes back. One thing that is for sure though, is USF will be bringing some talent onto the team this year. They've got a couple guys in the transfer portal already. It seems like after the bowl game, we're gonna see some more out and some more in, I would imagine. Let guys play the bowl game and then have those conversations. Uh, but you got DeMarco Augustine from Youngstown State. Could be Augustine. I'm not positive how to pronounce his last name. Sa- uh looks like a safety. You watch his film from Youngstown State, he's like coming downhill and smoking dudes. I think he'll be. He'll be your your day day Evans kind of replacement, kind of like for like there in terms of playing style. And then Obi Izabo, I'm gonna guess is how you say his name from Gannon. He's an interesting looking dude. When you watch him play, he's uh, got high, like high three star on the transfer portal from 24/7's rankings at 89. But you watch him play, he's pretty explosive, and you're like, how big is this dude? Because if he's like not you know 215 pounds. Because he carries it pretty well. You're like, if he's not small, this could be a guy. And then you look at him, he's listed at 6'3", 252. So um, interesting guy from, I think, the D2 ranks. He's from Gannon, I believe.
1: And the fascinating thing about uh, Obi is he's the number nine
0: uh, edge rusher
1: in the transfer portal right now. He's got an 89 rating, which is just under a four-star. But he's the top-rated three-star essential um, yeah. transfer um hey you know tra- tra- transfer rankings is really hard to try to figure out there, but when you have a guy who's coming from d two, I mean you think about Jared Verse comes to mind, not obviously he's not going to be that necessarily that good, but then you you bring in a guy who may be a little underappreciated, maybe he he was a late bloomer and um honestly, you have to kind of trust the staff on this one um to figure out what what they're bringing in on the defensive line um because Outside, I mean, o- OB is a transfer, but they brought in a lot of defensive linemen right now in this recruiting class that is uh, pretty heavy to try to get that beef up front, which uh, they've been lacking for a few years, it seems.
0: Yeah. And I, I think they know that's why I think you're going to see some other positions addressed uh, that maybe you haven't seen addressed yet, but it's been a flurry of commitments, So, those two guys committed recently, I believe, within the last week. You also got Levi Smiley, who uh, has has you know tape at tight end and edge. It looks like he's going to be an edge at USF. He's from Ohio. That's the one thing that's kind of interesting <laughs> about Golish that you're you're kind of seeing. So he's got a lot of Ohio connections. Ohio's pretty good football, um, especially, and that's kind of how Cincinnati. Took that jump, and Kentucky's actually done the same thing, just at like a little bit higher level than Cincinnati, going into Ohio, getting guys that Ohio State doesn't want. Uh, and then Cincinnati was able to go in and like be competitive with Kentucky and get some of those guys. But there's a lot of players down there that if you can get them before they go to like the Mac or, you know, they're just not quite good enough for Ohio State, but maybe better than a Mac player, it's good to have those connections in Ohio. And they have a ton of them. Uh, so they got him, uh, another edge iris singleton committed on the 12th uh jaylen pettis another edge a juco edge committed on the ninth <laughs> uh offensive tackle Braden carter committed on the eighth and that's one that they just crushed his official visit he committed and that's something that seems to be a trend with this staff they just crush the official visits and have a pretty high hit rate on those uh, Jalen
1: Pettis is another, uh, I mean Iowa Iowa Western is is high on the JUCO ranks, uh, but a, a top four uh in the country, uh, sorry, top four in, in the for Ju- uh, JUCO edge rushers, which guy you can essentially plug and play. I mean, it seems like they're gonna try to get a lot of a lot more depth and a lot more rotational, uh, based on how fast that
0: offense runs and how uh you want to try to get
1: to the quarterback,
0: right, Seth? Yeah, and they also like last year, so when they started the year, I think it was the three edges were Lloyd Summerall, DJ Harris, and Jason Vaughn. Uh, by the end of the season, only DJ Harris was there for like the first three games, and they only had those three guys. Like you would go before the game, watch them stretch, watch them work out, and it was a three-man position group. Well, one of them got hurt, one of them left the program. You started rotating other guys in there that were out of position. So I think that's definitely uh, emphasis to pick up guys there. And uh, I think we talked we talked about the. Exum or Exume brother. We talked about them last week, I believe, right? Denilson committed last week, I believe. We talked about him previously. Mm-hmm. And we haven't hit the big one yet. Well, this is one that old Nathan Bond in the Ponderosa said he was visiting. Uh, talked about his official visit. Uh, you saw on visitors, list. put it throughout the year. I know Sean has done them at 24-7 and before 24-7 when he was just uh, working with us, put out visitors lists for the games. You saw this guy's name on there a few times. He visited quite a bit, and he finally flipped. You got Jonathan Eccles to flip from Tennessee. And I was listening to a pod today with uh, Cooper Patagna and Andrew Ivins, and they were talking about this one. And Ivins, who's pretty plugged in, said, this is one Tennessee wanted to keep. It was not uh, a guy that they pushed out or uh, you know they pulled his offer. They wanted to keep him, and USF was able to flip him. The dude is a four-star, 18th-rated tight end, I think. He was top 250 for a long time. He was top 100 for a while. He's got some interesting traits. The 24-7 composite has him as the 177th player right now. A lot of schools were looking at him at defensive end. He's gonna play tight end at USF. How big, just from a perception standpoint, is this? Nick, is this? What's more important? The the, you're getting a really good player, but is the perception of it almost more
2: important? I mean, the, the the just simply getting a good player is obviously gonna and having him produce is gonna outweigh the perception because his actual results. But like the perception of it is huge. Like you mentioned, like we were able to patiently work hard. I mean, I remember. Um, when he made his, like, I think his first, one of his first visits, uh, like it was like right after Galesh, um, got hired and within a week, he was like taking a picture with him in, in his, uh, new office that still hadn't been set up quite yet, but like stayed persistent and was able to seal the deal this past week. But like you just mentioned, this is a guy that Tennessee, this guy that Tennessee wanted that they had visions not necessarily immediately, but they envision like, hey, within a few years you can be a big player for us. And the fact that we were able to um uh get him on board says a lot about the level like the heightened level of uh recruiting that Galesh is able to recruit at and it kind of sends a message that yo this like that this staff isn't playing around.
0: No Vito what, what does it's, this do you think for like how usf is viewed i feel like in a year the perception of the program is totally changed
1: yeah i mean you're never going to get national recruiting uh analysts talking about usf ever really any group of five team unless they land a guy like this and sometimes you see a four-star commit and then all of a sudden their ranking adjusts because they go oh hey well maybe there's a reason for that uh not for this guy i mean he was committed to Tennessee for a while. We had a lot of people talk about if Eccles was a possible flip. I mean, out of IMG, I am I, IMG Academy. So, you know, he's, he's no, he's you know he's a player, but I mean, he had interest from Florida. He was committed to t- Tennessee for a while. Um, it, I, it's some interest from Alabama. I mean, his offer list is actually very impressive. And at what? six five two thirty, Um, guy can be an athletic freak right away. And if you're Alex Golesh and you say, Hey, look, come on here and we'll put you in immediately or we'll, we'll get you involved somehow because putting that up against a C talent is much different than putting up against sec talent where you have to maybe hit the weight room for a couple years. But perception wise, again, Andrew Ivans would never talk about USF recruiting ever because there was no reason to. So getting, getting him to commit and commit now. And if he signs early signing day, that is absolutely huge. And this entire, I mean, he could be the, uh, the, the cream of the crop of this class to potentially turn over what what what's been a pretty rough USF team, especially in the recruiting end for the past few years. Um and maybe it opens a pipeline to IMG. I know everybody wants to try to do that and everyone says that, but you get this guy in and man, I mean, he he could be a game changer immediately. I don't know if they they'll, you know, it's one of those things where it's if you don't if you don't use a tie end tight end normally, you'll figure it out. Cause this guy, um, his tape is insane.
0: Yeah, so
2: we'll cut on cut on the, the tape. He's already the seventh highest-rated uh, recruit in program history, according to two four seven. So yep. yeah, pretty yeah.
0: good. And you see here, Andrew. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Andrew Ivan's tweet from earlier today, talking about Mississippi State and USF getting active. So they're talking about the Shrine Bowl in South Carolina. That he's attending Dylan Rayola, who is a five-star number one quarterback, or was a number one quarterback one time, possibly flipping from Georgia to Nebraska. And then, oh, by the way, they're also talking uh USF. So, like just from a year ago, in terms of just how the team is viewed by the country, it's really interesting. So, I'll read you guys Andrew Ivan's uh scouting report. First of all, he compares him to Noah Fant, who's on the Seahawks. Oh. Yeah, so has a testing numbers and athletic profile that scouts covet. Initially is graded out as an edge, but has made it very clear to use himself as a tight end on Saturdays and not a pass rusher. Quickly made a name for himself during his first semester at IMG Academy, posting a laser time four eight in the forty to go along with a four five <laughs> short shuttle and a hundred and twenty inch broad jump at their pro day. Oh my uh, god! Let's go. Uh, <laughs> initial burst combined with longer stride allows him to cover a ton of ground. Not exactly polishes route runner, but knows how to get his to his spots and slip underneath defenders as he crosses the field. Uh, Must also eventually add mass to a slender frame, but he's going to move defenders out of the way at the power five, or if he's going to move defenders out of the way at the power five level. Overall, should be viewed as one of the more unique prospects in the 2024 cycle. Will likely get a chance to play offense at the school of his choice. But the ceiling might ultimately be highest on defense with his length and balance Uh, in parentheses next to length, 81 inch wingspan. So this dude (laughs) is an absolute freak. And it'll be, and when you go as fast as they're gonna go, a guy that you can really move around at tight end, like I'll bring him inside, I can bring him out, and they don't ask their tight ends to be dominant in the run game. They they do ask them to be iso blockers and things like that. But, he's going to be an interesting piece for this offense, and I'd imagine the pitches you're playing early. So I imagine we'll see him next year. Oh yeah. Right. So, well, yeah,
1: from a tight end perspective, you can do so much with him on the offense. And I'm sure it's just it, it's it's great to get a guy to. So when you get a guy of this caliber to commit to, again, this program, and it's not like the Americans, not what it was two years ago. So to come here, it's it's we're buying into the what the coaching staff is, what they want. And I believe that you're going to get me to the next level and possibly get me to the league. And I mean, that's great, especially USF hasn't always had the the the, the greatest tight end. Uh, Reach there. I'm just imagining him. He's going to like Jeremy Shockey
0: his way through like Charlotte. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so he was offered by every school, I think, in the state of Florida. Uh, visited Florida officially, visited uh, Tennessee officially. Uh, like you said, offered by Alabama. Also offered by Georgia and Oregon, I believe, and Michigan. So, Whew. Notre Dame, Ohio State, yes, yes, Oklahoma, yes. So Penn State, yes. Pitt, yes. Sorry, Cade. Not this one. So it's, uh, I mean, the guy's got great pedigree as well. It's not one of these four stars that has a poor offer list. I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, Vito, but I mean, this could be seen as nothing but a coup. And you want to talk about positive momentum in the program, man. It's the the they actually re- releasing we talked about it previously releasing some something on the stadium helped and then since then it's been like recruit 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 then Echols was the big pop and especially now that you see because initially it was all he's oh he's not a take at Tennessee he's not a take he's a take there you, they just beat Tennessee for this guy so uh, pretty big you said he's the seventh highest rated what do you think this rates in terms of like impact.
2: Well, we've already I forget I think Steeg has mentioned that um everyone like we always harken back to the famous uh 2014 class with uh Quinn Flowers and all those other guys that helped turn the program around from a I think the composite score is already higher than that class. So, if obviously, you know, obviously you can't project long th- like long-term things with the portal and everything like that, but if these guys have success, like, right out the gate this year, and Golesh is able to, like, keep a lot of these dudes intact for a few years. This could, be, this could be a special, special group.
0: Yeah, what's really cool is if you go to the 24-7 recruiting football team ranking page, you don't have to hit the see more teams button or load more. Right. USF is on the first page. They're 49th right now in the composite. Is ahead of Arizona State. Ahead of Arizona, ahead of West Virginia, ahead of Colorado, ahead of Louisville, ahead of Oklahoma State, and number one in the G5. So it it seems like – Yeah, so East Carolina, I think, is the next closest – I guess depending on how you would classify Washington State and Oregon State, but I guess we we wouldn't really classify them as G5. But I think uh, East Carolina is the next one at 58. So you're at 49. Top 50 recruiting class. And really kind of your first year and and I think we feel pretty good about what they're gonna do in the portal as well because they seem to have a pretty good plan that's why uh, these guys seem to have a plan man and they execute it and that's uh it's always good to see like when guy they get guys in on visits they close they understand mm-hmm. who they needed to, they didn't just waste a lot of time targeting some guy that they couldn't flip they knew they could flip equals if they put in the time they did it and they flipped them so it, it's it's kind of good to see. And this is, you know, I guess what you get when you hire a guy that's been a recruiting coordinator multiple spot, stops at kind of lower levels, even than this. He understands what it takes and what kind of effort it takes. And then they did really good with the portal at Tennessee. And he obviously learned how to do that there. So you got to be feeling pretty good.
2: And that's a good th- uh, point about the stops that he's been at because, yeah, he's been at every level. He's been at, um, He was at Toledo, which again, Mac school, a lot of like, with, I mean, Toledo's on the upper end of the Mac, but still a lot of disadvantages financially and all of that recruits. Well, there he's at kind of the lower end of the power five at Iowa state. So you're still a power five program, but you're going to have to like get a bunch of diamonds in the rough. You're going to have to get a bunch of salt of the earth kids and make it work with that. And then, obviously, Tennessee, like upper echelon SEC money program, regularly pulls in five stars. So he knows what he's knows what he's doing. I'm trusting him, and obviously, Echo's flipping shows shows that, like you said, there is a plan in place, and it's going to be fun to watch these kids come in.
0: Yeah, and the other just real quick before I, uh, you jump in, Vito, the other thing about Tennessee is they probably were the best early at nil they had it figured out very quickly so he got to be around that apparatus which was professionalized right away they didn't fall they didn't rely on volunteers or anything like that they professionalized it very quickly and they probably have one of the top two or three collectives in the country so he also got that experience which is really nice
1: yeah, that helps to 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 be at multiple programs and have success at multiple programs. You know, not wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, it's also really neat to see that we came into this season. We know that the defense has been less than ideal the past couple seasons, and they turn around and fifteen of their twenty five commits are on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a lot of them are on the defensive line. A lot are on uh, and like you, you have you know Fred Gaskin uh, near four star he was four star when he committed um, safety right off the back you have the um Exume brothers both on the defensive line that are both highly rated especially Dendelson. Uh, um, and they just keep you know plugging the areas that are are needed and maybe some of these guys don't immediately impact next season but 2025 2026 you start that's when you start seeing um, the the kind of the machine turning and then we haven't even really seen the transfer portal part of it because they're in they're in bowl season and there's still programs who are in bowl season. Uh, but that can then potentially plug in holes of guys who are graduating and something that can help you next year immediately. But I mean, you bring back Byron Brown, you bring back a lot of your receivers and not and your offense. Um, and if you can plug up the defense a little bit and not give up 350 burgers, who knows what this team can do. But you're seeing in the in the recruiting class that Either of it, they're, they're addressing the needs of the program and, you know, th- I, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's good to see this in year two. This is a first true recruiting class. Like, this is what we can do here. This is what, and like, you know, he, his opening press conference is like, I don't understand how this program could, you know, not excel. And it's like, eh, I mean, this is what I can do in year one. So, uh, I'm impressed. I'm excited. This is good. Having the bowl game is huge too. Cause we can focus on that as well and it's just all been upward trajectory it's just you know keeping the keeping the machine moving
0: yeah so other other part of it about half of the commits are on either either line of scrimmage too most mm-hmm. of those i think there's got 10 guys that are considered defensive line type guys like so they are putting and i think you'll see more as the portal opens a little bit wider for them um but you know, we just wanted to jump in talk a little bit about the schedule next year, which I think looks manageable, especially if you get a couple of these dudes to come in and turn into studs right away. Uh I would like to see um I would like to see Gaskin uh, touch the ball a little bit. He's I don't know if you watched him, but he plays quarterback in high school. Oh yeah. He's special with the ball in his hands. So, uh, if they got to play him as safety, I guess they do. But I wouldn't mind seeing him touch the ball. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, we want to talk a little recruiting, a little uh, the schedule came out today. We'll talk next week uh, at length about the bowl game. Uh, there's still time for people to opt out <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yeah, you Injuries never know. Pop up, so uh, we'll get at that more at length next week. Uh, we'll probably record earlier in the week next week with the game being on Thursday, and all that good stuff. But. Uh, We wanted to get something out this week and just talk about the heater. They've been on in recruiting, and then the schedule came out today, so it was kind of serendipitous. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.
1: Go Bulls.